The year is 1984. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, variant cover B for the year 1984 as we wrap up our My Marvelous Year coverage of Marvel Comics published in 1984. This is My Marvelous Year, the podcast where we go through the origins of Marvel Comics. No, we go from the origins to today. We're not on origins anymore, baby, unless we mm-hmm. get a new character or so. Mm-hmm. But we're all the way up to 1984. We started in 1961. We are moving at a pace through the club and all the readers alongside us who make this a worthwhile journey. Uh, my Marvelous journey. Year. That's how you say that. That's yeah. Listen, no, I'm a definitely huge. Is. No, you're right. I, I love talking about some of my favorite bands on the show. Normally mm-hmm. we talk about comics, but a lot of times I like to talk about the work of Steve Perry and Journey. <laughs> journey, just... Larnard Sconard. Um... <laughs> oh, you, you know about Larnard Sconard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I actually, I so they're actually from the north. They're, they're, deep, they're deep north. Uh, Americana, and um, it's uh, it's a genre that I don't think enough people are paying attention to. I mean, I, speaking, I, I like Journey, but uh, Joiny, sorry, jo- mm-hmm. jo- Joiny, Joiny. That's I your that's your East Coast bias accent. But uh, but I mean, my my favorite band from that area is the Yaggles. They're, <laughs> they're one of my faves. Oh, the Eagles. Um, yeah, that, I actually I never cared for them that much. I think they're they're a little overrated. All right, my Marvel this year. We go through Marvel Comics from Origins to today. Again, today we're taking listener questions. We're going to talk about some uh, feedback on the comics of 1984, and uh, and then we're going to do some my Marvel this year shared universe character creation support for the my Marvel this year podcast is brought to you by comicbookherald.com. Great site that I think I would highly recommend everybody check out. we got some really good content going on there. I mean, there you've got like days. just some incredible writers uh, specifically planned. Just like some of the, some top-tier writers <laughs> planned out for the uh, the Comic Book Herald. I can't I can't believe you got some of these these big names, but uh Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I guess digress. you know what? You're right though. Let's let's announce this. I do have uh, I'm planning by the end of June so definitely uh, after this episode comes out, I am planning to release the best 100 DC comics since uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths in the mid-80s. And I did bring in a very special guest writer. Um, he's a very special guest in, in my life and uh, in all of our lives. And Zach will be getting his first CBH writer credit, potentially. Hell yeah. Uh, potentially. Again, he has That's not submitted true. the work. <laughs> yeah. It has not been approved. <laughs> That's true. You have to read it first. Yeah, let's yeah. not make assumptions. But uh, But Zach could be published on cbh soon which would give you your first official affiliation with comic book herald something you've been trying to claim since Mm -hmm. we started my marvelous year yeah cfo Um, baby yeah right he he is he's the cfo i do not argue that um cfo (laughs) means something very different to each of us though (laughs) yes (laughs) so anyway that's coming Uh, i'm excited about it that'll be cool the other thing that uh, makes my marvelous year possible uh, more specifically is uh, support of our patrons over on yes. patreon.com slash my marvelous year. Thank you to all of you who are funding the project 
and reading along with us and commenting in the Slack, which is one of our, I would say, our um, maybe one of the like the the preferred patron goals um, or not goals, um, bonuses, is to get in there. I think our next goal is to add a special. Um, so we hit a goal to do a bad comic special, which we're mm-hmm. going to do at some point. Yeah, yeah, month, we're we're uh, a little behind on getting that recorded, but we we will do that soon. It's still on the radio. yeah, we will we will do it. We're going to be reading um, Jim Balance uh, Tarot. What is it? Witch of the Black Rose? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be talking about that as a, a patron-specific special. Um, but the other thing you can get in there, or the next goal is, um, oh, man, what is it? It's good. We're going to do, like, a specific bonus run. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about, like, long a, runs we haven't really covered. It'll be even right? less frequent than my ultimate year, but it will be much more wide in scope. So I think we're talking about doing it quarterly. So four times a year, we'll do, like, a big episode where we take, like, runs that my marvelous year kind of didn't brushed over, maybe didn't, like, go into in depth, like... The uh, the Doug Mensch Iron Fist Power Such Man stuff is that yeah. is that right? He did that right? Um, or like that Masters of Sh- Oh no, Masters of Kung Fu. That's his thing, right? That was his run. What, who am I thinking of? Who did the uh, that long Iron Man? Was it John Byrne had a long Iron Man power or Archie Iron Goodwin. Fist Power Man? Anyway, whatever something Iron like Fist that. And you know, Power Man so- was well. You have um, you have the Mary Jo Duffy era, which we have not covered. In There's one that's like detail. pretty widely uh, regarded as being pretty solid. Um, anyway. But yeah, Priest the idea is, is on the title. We're gonna we're gonna pick point. out yeah. you know runs that maybe we overlooked and like cover a whole run you know less granular than we do on the show normally, um, but kind of look at a run as a whole. So I, I'm excited about that. It'll be fun to dip back into uh, you know like there's some cool stuff in the 70s that we we only glanced over, um, and I'm sure there's certainly cool stuff in the you know 80s and 90s as well. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Big. <laughs> Big T here, big energy. Huh? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, no. So, th- <laughs> so those are the goals that are coming. Uh, thanks for everybody who supported, and you can check that out over on Patreon.com/slash My Marvelous Year. Let's, uh, Let's do the poll. I oh, I had one other here. thing. I had one oh, other announcement. Right. I had a lot of announcements to today. Yeah, what yeah, was please. it? Um, my Ultimate Year is live. Oh, I, w- yeah, I would yeah. love it if people who want to read the Ultimate Universe with us uh, could check out. It's a totally separate uh, podcast feed that you can subscribe to. So, if you want your My Marvelous Year Earth Six One Six journey in your My Ultimate Year journey, totally separate, um, then you can do that. And uh, that is, the first episode is live, and if you could consider rating and reviewing both shows, My Marvelous Year and My Ultimate Year, if you're a fan, uh, definitely that would be extremely helpful to us. Final thing is, in in the wake of the rampant racism in this country and the police killings that are being protested currently, Zach and I are, um, we are donating all of our patron earnings this month to uh, charitable causes that support um, uh, initiatives uh, in in support of Black Lives Matter. So and there's we both, a couple we both bail bond community funds bond funds. Yeah, bail bond funds that, that yeah. we're donating to. Thank you. Yep. yep. And uh, and the other thing I want to say there is you are also running a promotion um, that if people sent you receipts of um, $100 donations to a similar cause of your choice, yep. that they could then come on and do a half hour uh, recording session with Zach of comics you want to read. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll release that to the the patron feed. Yeah. So far, yeah. So far, I've raised four hundred bucks, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm very proud of our community here, uh, including we had. Uh, I just want to ca- shout out Aaron specifically because he's such a sweetie. He um, he actually like you know he donated money, sent me the receipt, and then told me to like pass along the episode to somebody else he thinks like would be you know deserving of it. Maybe someone who couldn't afford it or something. Or oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, it was really nice. So uh, we're, we've got some. 
very exciting uh, guest. And then the uh, the other three people besides Aaron have got back to me, um, or two of them have got back to me with what comics we're reading. And I'm really excited. It will actually be like kind of a fun fleshing out of stuff that we don't hit in my Marvelous year. Um, ooh, I, I want to give you a sneak preview because maybe you're familiar with this. Someone wants to read Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Have you read this? <laughs> you can you can probably see it behind me. Um, oh, is it hanging yeah. on the wall? Yeah, it's it's underneath that Spider-Man Eight cover signed by Mike Zek. Yeah, I'm That's, really uh, excited Deadpool's about that. Secret that Secret sounds Wars, fun. The Run the I... Jewels variant, baby. RTJ Four. Check it out. Oh, is it really cool? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The concept being that Deadpool was actually there throughout all of Secret Wars uh, and just uh, kind of got ignored by the main comic. Um, That's so, a great one yeah. to do since we just uh, since yeah, we just did yeah. Secret Wars at the club. I think that was Kyle who mentioned. Anyway, we'll see all those. They're all going to be going up for free on the Patreon feed, um, so you don't have to be a backer. Um, you can go onto Patreon and download those episodes for free, and we'll uh, I'll put out an announcement when those are when those are going up. Um, okay, let's get into the poll. And I, I do want to say here, listen, oh, I, I want you guys to be respectful, and I want you to be polite towards Zach, uh-huh. but I also want you to bring the heat. Bring the heat in your arguments. You know what I'm saying? Is, no, 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 no. Be decent, but bring the no, heat. No, we already have one guy who's just going to be like, all right, uh, before we get to the comics, let me, uh, I, I have a... Like, he's going to start nailing up his, um, you know, like, Martin Luther to the church doors, his, like, Alpha Flight manifesto of, like, here's exactly why, point by point, your opinions on Alpha Flight are wrong. Um, okay. The I poll. would subscribe to that podcast, I will the say. The poll, uh, Dave. Martin Luther's Alpha Flight <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> yeah. What was okay. the poll? Do we have a poll? Yeah, the poll this month is weird. Uh, I, I guess you didn't uh, get clued into this one. It was, how do you pronounce the name of that, our darling female feline Avenger... You know, our orange-striped kitty Avenger. Do you pronounce it like a human being? Uh, t- uh, oh, my God. I almost said it the wrong way. <laughs> Tigra. This was a just... poll we put up? Yeah, this is a poll we put up. Uh, do you pronounce it Tigra? Or do you pronounce it like uh, an alien? Tigra. Um, what? I got to yeah. check in oh, on the, let me, the let me look, more often. Yeah, let me look in on this real quick. Oh, it got 1,000 votes for Tigra and uh, two, <laughs> two votes uh, for Tigra. Tigra? And, uh, and, yeah, it says right next to here. It actually said specifically the two votes are from perverts only. So uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but Patreon. And that is a new that is a new Patreon feature where if you vote and you're just a big old perv and you're real wrong about it, something, it knows and it will they'll like, label it, you. Yeah, it yeah. tells me. So yeah, it's very strange. No, this is a big argument in the Slack today, and I am. It is the most baffled I've been by our, by our community. People like putting their foot down and being like, "It's Tigra," and it's like, "No, Tiger, Tigra." Tiger. Well, tiger. I, I'll admit when I started when I started reading as a boy um, that uh, when I saw that character, uh, I, Greer Nelson, I, I thought Had she an looked awakening. like a, Yeah, me too. Well, I thought she looked like some tea leaves. I did. I, I thought she looked like some tea leaves. And I, I thought, OK, Tigra, that makes sense. Um, but then I, I started looking a little closer and I, I started to think, I think she might be a tiger, Zach. I think she might be <laughs> yes. designed based yeah, on a crazy. tiger. Yeah. So I started calling her Tigra. That was I would my buy, I would buy this if, you know, like, uh, I don't know, if, if she ha- was Hispanic, right? If if they you felt like they were, were doing something like that. Like, you know, but the thing is, like, Marvel is not subtle about this. You know, they would make sure that we knew that it was Tigre uh, if it was like that. So I there's a band. Uh, uh, what is it? El Tigre? La Tigre? Yes. It's yeah, a, yeah. like female punk rock band. They're awesome. Yeah, I yeah if we're talking about them out. like a non-English pronunciation, yeah, it might be Tigre, but it's not. I, 
Even oh. then, it still ends in an A. I, I, I'm assuming this is an assault upon one person in the Slack who made this, uh, made this comment. <laughs> well, one person so. and his, uh, and like just a disgusting second person who joined in, and both of them just <laughs> horrible. Um, the collaborator. I actually, gets I actually already praised this person earlier this episode, and then now I'm roasting him. All right, let's get to an actual. No, that poll didn't go up, but I know I'm right. Um, and and well, let got, me caveat there that I, I think you and I definitely myself very very open about um i mispronounce 98% of the names oh, we talk wait, about in quasar kazar quasar i did see that i did see that one come up yeah, yeah like mispronunciations abound dematius dematius yeah yeah for sure no right. this is like this is not an opinion there's no two camps about this it, this, this one doesn't seem yeah we're, this one we're doesn't arguing seem about like there's a lot of wiggle here, room folks. yeah right um yeah, driving me crazy okay so, so yeah, we put down our we put down our foot. There are a few things we will not entertain arguments on, and one of them is how you pronounce Tigra. I think yeah. uh, I think we're actually in agreement. Even though I started that. this conversation by going like, "So Tigra, uh, I mean uh, Tigra." <laughs> yeah, they've gotten right. in your head clearly. I got an email here from Charlotte Fierro. Uh, hi, Dave and guest. Hey, <laughs> hi, Dave and guest. And really, well, she didn't know them. who it was going to be. She yeah. didn't know who was going to be on the show. I have two questions for you today. First question, you talked in a recent episode about Reed Richards making a point of calling these scrolls an evil race when he was trialed for allowing their home planet to be destroyed when he saved Galactus's life. Read the room. Read. God, read the room. Read is a weird sentence to say. Read the room. Reed... I, I would like a shirt that said read the room. Read. That actually <laughs> would be that awesome. That is pretty good. Uh, when reading Jack Kirby's The Eternals in 1976, you also mentioned how weird and rather uninteresting the concept of an entire alien civilization like the Deviants being written off as just an evil race is. Do you think there are ways to use the concept in an interesting way? The Brood comes to mind, but they are almost more of a hive mind than an actual race made up of thinking individuals. Do you want to see species such as the Skrulls or the Deviants giving more depth and nuance? And, this is more addressed to Dave, are there any good future stories that give an interesting twist on this idea? Like Captain Marvel, uh, the movie handles the Skrulls very well, but I can't think of a comic book example of this. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel's yeah. a good example. I mean, so to answer that last question, I mean, I think definitely, like, that that increasing degree of nuance in actually exploring alien civilizations as as cultures that are just foreign to us definitely continues to happen i mean like secret invasion comes to mind um i don't know that it's a fantastic example but that's a 2000s era event that at least gives like i don't know mythology and religious creeds to to some of their initiatives and you can start to see the why of certain behaviors um i mean i would say even things we've seen already uh like um uh the celestial madonna saga where where Steve Englehart, the writer there, said like, "Hey, these scrolls that you think are always the bad guys, actually, it was the Kree who were, you know, like these. Um, they were they were peaceful until the Kree attacked them and and made certain dis- and you know did what they did against the Katati. So, uh, I would say more most recently, there's a series called Meet the Scrolls, which just came out the in word 2019. Katati. That word still like just sounds so dirty to me. Ugh. I mean, that's probably from growing up watching Katati Too Hottie in uh in WWE." Yeah. You know, he was a, I was a big fan of his, but he did not wear a lot, left, did not leave a lot to be to the imagination. Uh, Meet the Scrolls 2019. Um, good series written by Robbie Thompson, and that's like a scroll family still on Earth. Um, I, I won't spoil future comics, but it, yes, there are stories. I think actually Captain Marvel's probably like the movie is one of the more deliberate examples of that. Are there examples of pure evil done well? Is that what the the first question was no like race you know like an entire race of uh of people or beings you know i mean it's the idea uh, D has this problem with the uh, with orcs right like 
orcs are just like a purely evil race, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's boring, and then you can like really easily, you know, people start you... overlaying uh, weird racial identity onto that, and it becomes super problematic. Um, Have you ever listened like to I just... Hello from the Magic Tavern, the yeah. podcast? Yeah, and you know, uh, a little bit. I haven't. I don't know specifically what that is, but. I'm sure it's it's really good. It's an improv pod, but the the wizard there like hates orcs, and they're just constantly calling him out on that being like really judgmental and pretty racist. Um, So that I always think of that first. Yeah, Rich Um, Rick in the Twitch Slack just pointed out like it goes back to token, and like yeah, of course it does, right? Like the idea of just like this is a pure talking about the token fantasy guy. Hmm. The token fantasy guy. Yeah, token like Lord of the Rings. He's yeah, he's just like the token fantasy guy. Everybody always references. Uh, yeah, I think the brood's okay. I, the brood are, like, so inhuman that I'm kind of fine with that, right? Like, they are, I don't know, like, I can make room for the xenomorphs and alien being purely evil, right? Uh, but, like, a yeah. civilization with, like, art and history and politics and family, like, the scrolls clearly have, but they've right. been, like, they are one of the most evil races. It's just, like, I don't, there's no good analogy in real life for this. Every analogy you could pull for what this is is is, uh, is nasty in real life. And I think that's and also just kind of boring, even if you're not pulling that analogy. So, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a tricky one that I don't think, I mean, it's like the, yes, it's a trope of like big, bad, evil alien race that it, they become the bad guys right by default. Um, and, and it's fine to have these different aliens versus us at odds kind of ideas, uh, I think, but Reed's point is so sweeping in its generalizations, right, of of the entire species, the entire culture being evil and essentially like 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 basically saying like Galactus had to eat them and it's fine. The genocide <laughs> was fine. Well, <laughs> like, I'm not saying they didn't they deserved galactic genocide, but like they were you but, know, they were no but saints. Think about like, it. Yeah. It's yeah. not that kind of Yeah, so what, what, so read the room, Reed. I think yep. is where we nut out on that one, yeah. Uh, second question. I like this one. The issue of LGBTQIA plus characters in the Marvel comics uh, has recently been brought up with Arnie and his quote-unquote roommate in J.M. DeMattis, DeMatteis's Captain America, DeMatteis, beyond DeMatteis. the question of whether writing... She's going to write, write this acronym a lot. LGBTQIA plus characters for the sake of representation, which of course is necessary and still not done enough in most 2020 comics. It's also interesting, in my opinion, to consider the issue of missed opportunities. This is this is a good question, especially when it comes to the lack of gay relationships. If you limit yourself only to writing hetero relationships, you immediately eliminate the potential for hundreds of stories and character developments, which is especially disappointing in the context of characters that have been written off in a lot of cases more than half a century. I'm not saying make everyone bi or pansexual, but there's a middle ground to be found uh, in which a potentially interesting relationship won't be written off just because Marvel wants to keep its characters straight. Without spoiling specifics, there have been some efforts made on the front in recent years. It's still enough, not enough, in my opinion, and often subtext at best. Uh, specifically, like trans characters, like all of trans Marvel's trans characters are subtextual, right? Like it's like, oh, here, if you look quietly in the background of this Squirrel Girl comic, you can see that this guy has a binder, uh, and the the author has to say off, you know, on Twitter, like, yes, it's canon that they are uh, trans. And uh, and that's like yeah, their, their the, trans the representation could... is very um, two women kissing in the background of a Star Wars celebration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For once. Okay, so this is this is the, of, where her question gets exactly. Yes. What are some same gender romantic relationships you would think would have been interesting to explore if we lived in an alternate universe, alternate universe in which Marvel had just been accepting of LGBTQIA 
Plus, relationships all the way from the beginning. A few of my ideas, and most of these have been seen as potential couples by fans, but for most of them never in the comics themselves. Magneto and Professor X. Charles literally left his wife and children for Eric in the Ultimate Universe. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that does just add an interesting wrinkle to that relationship, right? And, like, drive a personal wedge, a more personal wedge. I mean, I, you know, I do like the idea of them just being best friends and, like, intellectual, finding each other intellectually, you know, stimulating. But uh, mm-hmm. I think they're, that's an interesting uh, idea. Power Man and Iron Fist, I don't see that one as much. I think, I mean, I, like... You know, I like the their friendship, just male friendship is good, and I think that one works. I don't really actually know what that would change to have them be in a relationship. Um, Black Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut, they are basically that's canon, I think. Anyway, I, I, that one seems yeah. well, I don't, I wouldn't say that's canon. I don't know that Marvel's fully embraced that, but certainly oh, no, it it's... seems like everyone reading it is like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The hottest couple in Marvel. Uh, speaking yeah. of one that is actually canon. Uh, Mystique and Destiny, which basically yeah, so that gets that gets canonically. I mean, solidif- that's... I mean that's been canonically solidified recently. Um, yeah. but even and... even during the Claremont era, during yeah. these you know um internal bands that Marvel had, there's an issue that I actually read somewhat recently. I think it's Marvel Fanfare number forty, where um Claremont writes a scene of Mystique and Destiny meeting in a nightclub, um, and they're they're holding hands and they're clearly touching and I mean it's it's very deliberate. I mean Claire, it's, Claremont it's initially secret. wanted um his plan was for Mystique and Destiny to be Nightcrawler's parents, right? For like Mystique to have been in male form. Yeah. Right? And to have like impregnated Destiny as a couple and then like they would have Nightcrawler. Uh and that was his initial plan and it got overruled. Um apparently. Yeah, so I mean, then we got know, the really the really good story that you're going to love. Oh um, god, I already Draco. I know parts. I know little parts of it, and I'm already like rolling my eyes. The chances um, that you don't love that are <laughs> zero, absolutely zero. Yeah, so that that's a good example. Um, Spider Man, I guess, did happen, and... or like a, a good example because it's you know maybe the only example. So here are my ideas. I actually wrote down a little list when I looked at this. Oh wait, um, she's she's got a few more. Let's let's let me just. Let oh, she got more. Okay, Spider Man and the Human Torch. That just seems like you know that's a good one. To, uh, really, to to me, that I don't. You know, see and sparks. I will say I here that's... too. I think the first one is the most interesting, Magneto and uh, Professor X. I would, I would definitely be very interested in reading an analog, um, like in the Black Hammer universe, where that was the case, where it was the same idea of these diametrically opposed philosophies um, for a, a mutant species, uh, but they were also in a relationship. I think that actually would be an extremely interesting take on that. Uh, what is now a very familiar story. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Out of all these, uh, Spider-Man, the Human Torch. Yeah, that just feels like, uh, shipping to me. Like, uh, <laughs> that one, I don't actually feel the sparks there. Spider-Woman and Carol Danvers, I don't know enough about them. She says this is from later comics. And finally, Kitty Pride and Magic. Again, Carol I don't Danvers think Jessica I... Jones would be another one. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know those relationships enough. My, my first one, you have a whole list. I, I only have one, and I want to get it in here because I'm worried you're going to scoop me on this. Reed and Doctor Doom in college, <laughs> I right? Did not, like. Uh... I did not have okay. that written because I mean, like, actually, that add, one did not add, occur to me. Add a spurned lover angle to uh, to their relationship in college, and I think that becomes pretty, pretty spicy, pretty tasty, pretty spicy. Sure, right. um, Doctor Strange and Wong, I think, makes a lot of sense to me, like a hmm. ton. Uh, Misty okay. Knight and Colleen Wing, Tigra okay. and everyone in the Marvel uh, Universe. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. Right, yeah. hey, and, I was uh, gonna say yeah, Tigra one. and any uh, like long-haired, blonde, tall podcaster. You're so thirsty. 
my goodness. Get a drink. Get a drink. <laughs> Too thirsty. Uh, and here's one that I actually really like. Janet Van Dyne, post-domestic uh, abuse, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Post-abuse says, I'm leaving. I'm rethinking my life. Janet Van Dyne and Monica Rambeau. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the two of them. Here, how about this one? North Star and, wait, what's, wait, Polaris? No. That's not, no, no, that's a different person. What's so uh, you're you're taking what's, away? What's his, sis, what's his sister's name? People, uh, Aurora. Yeah, North Star and Aurora. Incest is big these yeah. days. Yeah, I know. Incest that's what I'm saying. Is, it would make a good story. Is real and big. honest, and I mean, okay. So North Star is one of the only canonically gay characters in Marvel. But like, Dave, sure. in this day, in this upside down, wacky world, day and age, don't you think the more subversive thing would be turn a, a gay character straight? Isn't? Don't you think that that's more subver- <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out how to cancel a live stream doesn't <laughs> seem to be an option on here um god i, I guarantee oh, that, that actually makes that me think been, another uh, one that would be good would be uh bobby drake and uh i don't even i don't even care who um but that, i mean is that he is he not option. dating anyone in modern day i don't know uh i don't know i no one, no one. Exact exact I mean, moment. there's no, there's no other notable like. Actually, I could tell really. you at this exact moment, but I'm, I'm not going to talk 2020 Donovacs. Uh, so, all right, very good question, Charlotte. I love it. And uh, what else? What else do we have? Do we have more questions from her? Or do we? We need some. Uh, she says, "Can't wait to hear your thoughts about this." Uh, she says a lot of nice things. Still to be with you, Charlotte, aka Elevi Leblanc de Sange. Um, okay, aka next. best listener on the show. Oh yeah, she's great. Um, ooh, still still working on just got confirmation. She's still working on that wiki for our characters, which is very very appreciated. Yeah, that's super um, cool. I got a sneak so, peek at so it. So over the really course good. of this yeah. every variant cover we've done, you know, our my mother's here shared universe characters, and uh, it it has come to our attention, I think, mine in particular, that uh, I can't remember almost any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like really can't. definitely not the details. So apparently, Charlotte is working on uh, on some filling in some of those details and actually creating a a catalog so we can remember, which will be a huge help yeah. and uh, and yeah, hopefully definitely. good for and and fun to check out for those of you who have participated in that or just want to check it out. Uh yeah, yeah, very appreciative. Kyle still writes. Hey guys, happy 1984. Right and say, I really enjoyed this entire year. The quality level is definitely elevated. The Dean's List is a definite sign of this. Props to Zach. Thanks. I, I think the show's been pretty good. I do think like we've stepped yeah, it up. Fun. I think 84 yeah. has been strong in our coverage. Um, I, you know, I think like, it's like you say, like every, you get practice, you get reps. We're definitely getting better at this. So thank you, Kyle. I agree. Yeah. You know what? I mean, besides the, uh, the idea of like, I'm just excited about my DC year, you know, theoretically uh at some point in the future because it would be exciting to do this for dc because i'm i know even less about dc than i do marvel um which is saying something i am you know very little (laughs) very good i uh i i'm excited about starting a big endeavor like that right from the beginning or where right from the beginning we are already experienced and kind of firing on all cylinders right because i yeah i like i like our show and i like it from the beginning but you know like we do have a wind up and a little bit of time getting our feet under us so i, I like the disagree. idea starting out a show strong props to zach for bringing some unheralded stories that really held up except for power pack but i don't blame zach for that yeah i mean i knew that wasn't going to hold up i kind of thought that was just a curiosity i actually read quite a bit of uh, hulk and cap that weren't on the list they were all great there's been a lot of talk on the pod about what uh, what if and how they don't really hold up it's definitely true 
A lot of the value of What If back in the day is they recapped a classic story or origin that readers might not otherwise have access to, and then spin reality from there. I used to buy What If as a kid just as a way to understand classic events that are referenced to, but not easily available in back issues. With Marvel Unlimited, that value is really gone these days. That's uh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that, that, uh, that use of those, right? You kind of get the, like, the retelling of these classic stories, and, you know even through context of like, oh, I now know what Thor's origin was, even just seeing it subverted. Yeah, we definitely take that for granted, like the yeah, ease sure. of digging into Marvel's history compared yeah. to what it used to be. And even yeah. stuff that's coming up, oh, like I mean, 86, Marvel launches classic X-Men as a way of reprinting and retelling, you know, the good Claremont X-Men, which is kind of hilarious, right? It'd be like in 96, mm-hmm. like Nirvana getting labeled classic rock. You know, like it's very, it's like, very, I guess actually it's a little fast. Um, but at the time... Like, that would have been the easiest way to, to actually get those stories. So, yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, it's even when I was a teenager, I remember trying to get into Spider-Man comics and going on eBay and just buying, like, big lots. And it was like, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 234 to 270, 272 to 278, like, these just kind of random smattering issues. And then I'd get them in the mail and I'd barely be able to, like, you know figure out what was going on there'd just be big gaps in the issues and like yeah that was my that was one of my favorite comic book herald comments recently was a guy came in and said uh hey so i i downloaded uh wonder woman 1 to 25 and then it jumps all of a sudden to issue like 721 did that why did the series do that (laughs) and like clearly the guy had downloaded like pirated these yes you know in a weird bundle i read Um, that that was funny yeah and i and it's like no they didn't actually skip that many issues you just downloaded a weird bundle um and uh, a- anyway, like I just I don't pirate comics at this point, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but uh, but you know I've I, you know definitely in the past like it, it reminds me of problems in the early two thousands with music where it'd be like you could download an album, it could say it was somebody, and then it'd be like somebody trying to get their demo out or whatever, so they called it the latest Interpol or something like that. You know, like that just doesn't really happen because there are so many easy ways to read comics now. Can I can I divert for a second? This is this is great. Um, I was just on Only Polygon. Only if it's very hardcore uh, anti-pirating stance. Yeah, I mean, I pirate some stuff, but uh, only from the big two babies. Uh, you are a dirty, if, rotten pirate. Only if it's all... Oh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, I just went and picked speaking up my... dirty, rotten pirates. I picked up my, uh, my pull list today for the first time in forever, and I had, like, a stack of, like, 15 comics sitting at the comic store. So I need I have, to like, do that, actually. three issues of X-Men and Marauders and Hellblazer and a couple Far Sectors I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, yeah, my shop's offering curbside. Um, Ooh, yeah, I paid versus I... pay or via PayPal and just like walked in, grabbed it, walked out. Yeah, I could. I guess I. I don't know. I should. Um, I emailed them at one point. And I was like, "Hey, can you tell me what I have on my pull list?" Because I can't remember. And the guy just emailed me back with like everything that's sitting in a box ready for me. And I'm like, "That's not what I meant." <laughs> and I haven't heard back. Comic shops antiquated. Um. Okay. So my my uh my little diversion. Um. I was just on Polygon. I think yesterday, a couple days ago. Uh, and they occasionally do, maybe weekly, do a weekly roundup of, like, issues. Susanna, Susanna Polo is a really good comics writer over there. And she just kind of, like, here's, like, here's eight issues and a little recap of what's going on and, like, tiny little review snippet. Okay. She lists out a bunch of comics, talks about them in specific. One of my favorite comments <laughs> I've ever seen on one of these things, someone comments, Ah, oh, yes, comics. I used to love them at, 
as a kid back in the 80s and at least a portion of the early to mid 90s and then just goes on this like kind of wistful like staring into the distance like but then video games took over for my life and like (laughs) on and on and now we have all these alternate universe what if stories the difficulty in tracking continuity and what's canon and what's not i just don't know comment over like <laughs> it was one of the most incredible things i've ever read like yeah. i love coming into a place and just going oh yes comics <laughs> uh, uh, anyway let me get back to kyle's email he writes i love secret wars will not belabor the point because i've mentioned in the slack and even had almost all the toys as a kid one thing reading it again and the aftermath issues made me realize that it really did co- create continuity problems doc ock was on battle world and escaped with molecular man or molecule man then in the first or second issue of ff mr fantastic needs his help he's all of a sudden at jail in new york and displaying crazy behavior he didn't display in battle world okay um we're actually going to get that in a future question, so we can talk about that in a minute. Finally, can we take a moment to recognize what a hellacious year 1984 was for Captain America? First, Baron Zemo and his friends kill his good friend Arnie's boyfriend solely because of his connection to Cap. Then in some realities, Roxon destroys all superheroes, including Cap. Only Cap's time-traveling adventures. With Deathlock, saves the world from that fate. Then almost immediately, he gets shipped off to Battleworld and probably feels like he'll never get home. Thank goodness he does, only to have Red Skull and company torture the F out of his girlfriend and best friends while he rapidly ages to his death. 1984 was Cap's 2020. You guys are the best, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, rough year for Cap, for sure. uh, It's a good year of Cap comics, though. Man, it's really good. You know, that's something I think about now. There are certain writers, like Rick Remender comes to mind, for example, in the... Maybe late to early 2010s, um, mm-hmm. as a writer who like it very famously kind of puts characters through the ringer, um, and I don't nest, and that's just kind of being like I'm gonna keep beating them down and beating them down, and like it's gonna make the the final like ultimate victory so much sweeter. Um, mm-hmm. The the Jam Dimatteis run of Cap definitely does that, and it's kind of an early example because that's not that's yeah, not necessarily I don't think his does... style as a writer. You know? I don't think you get that vibe from it until you get to the House of the Skull run and then that's like five or six issues of just like him just getting beaten and lower and lower before the kind of final victory but the the entire run i don't think like i mean you know he has danger and trouble and threats to thwart and whatever but like i don't think overall you're just like oh god cap it's just you know it's not like a a miserable slog um no it doesn't read that way when you add it all up but that house of skull stuff is pretty dire yeah but also excellent. All right, Peter writes, Hey, Dave and Zach. First off, I'd like to publicly express my publicly express my appreciation to the Slack community. Over the last days, you've helped me some questions I had regarding the movement sweeping this nation and indeed the world and did so with an understanding and openness that I'm not used to seeing these days. I love this club and community and I've never been so glad for my Patreon contribution than I have been this week. Thank you. Now, because I need a comic question in here somewhere, let's see. In the few comics I've been able to read lately, a Defender side plot sees Valkyrie go to college. We've seen this plot before with Torch and Spidey, Iceman and Angel, and no doubt many others I didn't read. Why is this a recurring plot? Is anyone particularly fascinated by, look, superhero in college? Is an attempt to connect with the readers by grounding characters in reality or PSA of sorts? Go to school, kids, and be like your favorite superheroes. What do you think or possibly know about the motivations behind this reoccurring plot thread? Because Spider-Man aside, it works for him more than most, I think. It seems very cheesy to me, but it keeps happening. Thanks as always. I'll catch up someday and have better questions. Um, I think so it's clearly I, just I think like, there's a perpetual effort on yeah. Marvel's part, and this this continues to this day, to capture that Spider-Man in high school magic. Yeah. You know, it's something it's something we talk about a lot on the My Ultimate Year because the, without spoiling anything at all, the Ultimate Universe very specifically concentrates on Peter Parker as a high schooler, right? And his entire supporting cast 
as high schoolers. And I, I think there's really no denying the the sort of like fantasy superhero just genre appeal of kids in that world because it's an emotional time that is very easy to connect to on a storytelling level. Like this is why they do it for Spider-Man in the MCU. Um, even, I don't know, recent stuff like Gotham Academy, something uh, in the in the Batman universe Doctor was Strange very, very appealing. Right now. Doctor Strange has this going on right now with Strange Academy. Mm-hmm. Right, it's trying to tap into that same well. Um, doing it with with established characters kind of late, I, I don't I don't know that it works as well with college necessarily unless you've already been with them on the journey through high school. So like I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer would be probably the the most famous example of that where the narrative just progresses as she gets older and goes to college. Obviously Peter Parker does the same thing in Amazing Spider Man. Um so I feel like it's often Marvel trying to capture some of that like familiar elements of youth by putting characters in those scenarios. But like we joked about this a lot with 60s Johnny Storm. I mean, I don't like Johnny going to college at the end of the Galactus saga is hilarious that it's a part of that story and that's how it ends. But it's like completely uninteresting. Like I don't I don't really care about the Human Torch's college experience aside from meeting Wyatt Winkfoot, who's awesome. I I mean, I'm interested in it when it, you know, it's like the ultimate Spider-Man stuff where it like it's built into the character, right? Like, oh, he's in school. Here's the problems that you have to deal with because you're in school. And this, you know, for Johnny Storm, Iceman, Angel, whatever, I think it feels like, uh, you know, 18-year-olds are reading our books. Let's try to make it, um, you know, applicable to them. And it feels, you know, it feels kind of uh, arbitrary. Or not arbitrary. Um, What's the word? Well, I, I mean, it's it's demographically cynical. targeted. Like, exactly, it's a marketing yeah. decision yeah. in some way. Like, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is intended for young young adult audiences and as a result like she's in college right like that fits that character um and it fits the stories there and the tone they're trying to tell so there's there's application for it like defenders is not really a book that really needs or makes sense to have like a strong college component at least to me with that team right you know like unless val i guess if valkyrie was in a class with hulk black knight Namor and Doctor Strange, and <laughs> they were all pretending to be young hip kids. I would read that book. I mean, I, I the thing is, like, I read that and I'm like, well, it's going to be boring. It's not going to actually get into like, you know, I've got superheroes in one hand, super heroics to do, and in the other hand, I've got my, you know, like organic chem exam and like actually dealing with that. You know, actually dealing with any of the college experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dan writes, Zach and Dave, I'm curious to hear your opinions on the weird continuity hiccup that original Secret Wars created in the Marvel Universe. If you're reading Marvel Comics month to month in 84, then you would have seen the heroes all being transported to Battle World, and then, in some cases, just reappearing the next month. Not that much happened in Secret Wars that was undone again, that wasn't undone again in the course of the series, but you did have A, Spider-Man coming back with a completely new and really weird costume, B, the thing drops out of the FF to be replaced by She-Hulk, and C, the Colossus relationship with kitty pride blowed up because of some unseen alien tramp and if you were reading Ooh, harsh Wars, words for zaji yeah yeah the the like beautifully characterized zaji <laughs> um if you were reading secret wars month to month then you knew that all the heroes were going to live because you had already seen them all come back so it took some of the suspense out of the series as well how would a young dave busing have reacted to the fact <laughs> That it would have been impossible to get the whole pictures of events connecting everything in their proper order for a whole year, at least if he had, an ex- had enough extra allowance to buy the limited series. Dan. <laughs> sure. Um, how would I have reacted to to the weirdness of Secret Wars taking place while these titles continued publishing uh, on a monthly basis? I guess um, I don't I don't love that, definitely. Like, as an ongoing <laughs> comics 
as an ongoing comics reader, let's say take the example of 2015 Secret Wars. I think it was very smart of Marvel to have to to slow or cease publication of most books. You know that would mm-hmm. have otherwise been integrated into that event. So you had 2015 Secret Wars launch, and then a gazillion quote-unquote tie-ins, but really they were all five-issue miniseries set in that reality. Mm -hmm. Um, So I prefer that approach, kind of the same thing they did with Age of Apocalypse and X-Men. Like it's, or or like Spider-Man during Onslaught, or like if there's these giant things happening where all these characters should be off the board, I like that to be reflected in the output of what's coming out. Now I will say generally this is, there's holes in that uh, more often than not. Marvel has historically and consistently been way more interested in just keeping the trains running and and keeping whatever cash flow they get out of that coming in than, you know, like the um their narrative consistency of of stopping things for an event or anything like that. So yeah. I don't know. I guess yeah, it's hard to say with specifically with eighty four Secret Wars because I've only ever read the the comics that were published during the same time period with the knowledge of what everything that happened in Secret Wars at the same time. Like I've never I never would have tried to read it the other way, um, nor would I want to. But if that was your only option uh, in 1984, then yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love that. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I could care less. Like, just absolutely, like it's the least interesting thing about comic. Okay, so my, my, I think you could boil down probably with like, I'm sure I could find exceptions, but generally, 99% of the time, my philosophy when it comes to continuity in the big two specifically and stuff like this is embrace it or ignore it you know it's like it's either wow this is cool look how good of a job they're doing like pulling in all this rich history and playing with it and it's fun or you just need to ride with it because like it's just such a mess and it's just wild and you leave you know you leave marvel comics for six months and all of a sudden like all your heroes are different heroes and the villains are now the good guys and the good guys are whatever like everything just changes so wildly constantly like the nightcrawler's an angel now and uh Wolverine is uh actually a Wendigo like that kind of stuff where it's just like I, I think you just there's such a level of like you're talking about the angel and Wendigo saga yeah of course we there's haven't gotten to that yet there's such a level of like buy-in and just like the needing to go with the flow of comics uh, uh or you're just going to be perpetually frustrated and I just refuse to be frustrated <laughs> by like by that kind of stuff right like it's just not yeah. an interesting thing for me to worry about um so it's either pay attention and think like, wow, this is really interesting. Or basically like, it's just part of the the ride and, you know, take the stories as they come. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like there's kind of a, an expectation that because I'm tracking continuity thoroughly on comic book Herald and because reading orders are a huge draw of the website, definitely a big reason. A lot of people know about it. Not a big reason. I mean, it's the thing that people know. Um, There's like kind of a, like I often am reading those comics out of order Mm -hmm. and then, and then, or are able to order them because of that, you know, mm-hmm. like they free, yeah. be, that's the whole thing is like, they aren't published in narrative order. So I read them first and then I figure out where they should fit appropriately um, for other people to then enjoy. But I don't actually enjoy that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't actually read them in that order unless I go back and reread the, the narrative at, at a later date. Um, and that doesn't, I kind of like that puzzle, I guess, actually. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily bug me a ton. I would say the things that bug me the most are like when Marvel started publishing all new, all different era comics before Secret Wars 2015 was even done. Mm -hmm. That stuff bothers me a lot because they're jumping ahead 
and they're spoiling things by virtue of doing that. Mm-hmm. Things that are not shocking necessarily, but they're like, here's what the world's going to be like when this event finishes, and there's two or three issues left. That, I think, sucks yeah, um, because t- your, yeah. your marketing hype machine is getting in the way of a story that's still happening and that people are enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, like to put some qualifiers on this, in my opinion about this, I, with very few exceptions, don't read these comics as they're coming out. Right. So if I was in the middle of like an excellent Immortal Hulk run and I'm just seeing like news articles being like the teaser for the issue coming out four months from now shows that blah, blah, blah is happening. Yeah. Like that'd be annoying. I mean, I think that's a slightly different thing, but yes. Yeah, I know. I'm get what you're saying so yeah I'm i mean sure solicits are, are pretty notoriously bad about this yeah, which yeah. like oh well my, my advice to virtually anyone not running a, a comics publishing site would be do not read solicits yeah like sure like find out what's coming out via other means but don't actually read the text because i just saw this happen with batman where it's like they're talking about what's going to happen in joker war and they're they're like I don't know. They they're obviously thinking this isn't that big of a spoiler. This isn't that big of a deal, but it's telling you things about the story that are going to happen. That hasn't happened, yeah. And things yeah. that are of yeah, of things you haven't read. So you know what's been driving I don't me, care for it. me nuts is uh we're watching One Piece, right? Rose and I and we're on like issue or issue episode like two sixty or something at this yeah. point. And anime, uh every like forty or fifty episodes will switch its opening title sequence. Like they get a new song, theme song, they get a whole new minute and a half title sequence and okay. one piece and this is notorious among a bunch of anime since the manga's already written and fleshed out they already know when this like thing starts where it's gonna go so they like literally put in story beats from the entire season into the opening sequence so you like start you know episode mm. one of this new season and it's like at one point there's a villain who joins the crew and like the the thing the uh the opening t- sequence shows that like hey it's a new crew member and they're like now allies and it's like in the moment, they're just this wicked villain. They're in the middle yeah. of fighting, and it like there's a bunch of stuff like that. It drives me crazy. We just don't watch them anymore. Um, all right, let's jump into last question. Justin Wollenhopped. This is KOS. Which friends characters best describes you on the podcast? Please answer only for each other. Dave picks Zach, and Zach picks for Dave. Um, my answer is um, Frank, played by Danny DeVito. Um, for Dave, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Friends. Yeah, it's not it's not good or worth talking about in 2020. I mean, it was it was fine in its day, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's hugely popular right now. I get that, right? I like don't the, the right now. The existence crazy. of it on Netflix yeah. was, I mean, yeah, oh, like yeah. there were it was a huge thing among like younger audiences in particular. I mean, I, I watched it, first it time. You know, that's that's nuts to me. I mean, I watched it a bunch when I was like 13 to 15, something like that. Like, it's not a good show. Like, it's pretty dated. I mean, I'm I'm well aware people love it, so I don't. Yeah. I don't have any criticisms yeah, of it. So. The, the most I've watched it is via subtitles uh, on a TV at the gym while I was changing. Cool, so cool, cool. maybe, yeah, like, you know, just like I was real swole and real naked mm-hmm. watching Friends. That's Please, my Friends go on. experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to share that. Uh, his next question is. How uh, naked do you get at the gym? Like fully? Like real naked? Or just hmm. a little? Um. I generally don't like the gym I go to is close enough to home. I just come home to shower like, okay. You know, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, but you know, I'm not I, at work. you know, those old guys that get, Oh boy. Super naked. Oh boy. Do I? Yeah. Oh, that's, Oh, I'm, that's what I'm angling for. That's love, what I'm angling for. Love those guys. Um, Oh Everybody God. Does. Actually, I have <laughs> the, what, at my college gym, uh, when I was, you know, getting my bachelor's, I remember one of these guys, you know, like in his sixties or seventies, like walking around nude, with a towel over his shoulders, right? Like slung uh-huh. around his shoulders. Just walk right up to the urinal fully nude 
no yeah. shoes on or anything, walk up to the urinal and like <laughs> one, like standing by the urinal in bare feet is horrifying. But two, like yeah. there's something really, really upsetting about being nude and peeing in the urinal. <laughs> like that really <laughs> that really bothers me more than just like, yeah, it's just, you know, naked dudes in the you know, whatever. It's just bodies. But like Sure. Oh, that really bothered me. Um <laughs> Stuck with you, clearly. Yeah. Uh, Justin follows this up by, uh, he says here, I, I'm a, a sex criminal and I have this question. Is, hey, it, is hey. it pronounced Tigra or Tigra? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just reading no, what no he said. No listener question slanderous <laughs> libel. No, Good I'm grief. sorry, Justin. I love you. No, he asks if it's Tigra or Tigra. It's clearly Tigra. We've talked about it. Unless you mean he's so cool, he could be a supporting character in the very good Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky sex criminals. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds so I know, I, maybe not. I have, I have incredibly lukewarm takes on that comic, so I can't, I can't jump in on that one. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Let's, uh, uh, so, yeah, speaking of Tons uh, of naked, Thank we're you, about to bear our naked souls, um, oh, yeah. sharing yeah, yeah. Our, our innermost creative visions for some new My Marvelous Here Shared Universe characters, right? Right. Right? Uh, Anybody? Were you, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Any thoughts? Uh, <laughs> do you want to start, or should I? I'll begin weaving my tale of uh, fortune and mystery. Okay. Here. Looking okay. forward to it. <clears throat> Let me get in the right headspace. Okay. Oh, well, no, you go, because I need to look up the guy's name. Oh, wait, no, I remember. It's Alex. <laughs> Alex Bykov, <laughs> I think. I'm, I'm not logged into Patreon. I got to do two-factor authentication to get in, but I'm almost I'm positive. I'm hearing a lot it's of excuses. hearing a lot of excuses. Um. Okay. So, his character. What they say about excuses? Everyone loves them. Everyone, yeah, no, that oh, you did, you do know. Okay, <laughs> got it in one. Um, his character, Oliver, uh, he is a small-time crook, and he's a little big for his britches. He uh, he kind of, he's like definitely a petty crook, kind of down on his luck. Um, and small pants he, though. Small pants? You say he's too big for his britches, so he's wearing really small pants. At you got it. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah he's just always. Yeah, Always underestimating uh, what pant size he's going to need. Um, That's the worst when you have the right size, but you God. still underestimate it. You know, like uh-huh. when you just can't get it right. Because it's like you just want to go out in your day and not be worried about your, your your ankles being exposed. And there they are every time, right? And they get dry. It's windy here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like when you're, uh, your toddler like just won't go to bed and you just like, I'm going to sit on the couch and stare straight ahead and like eventually they'll just wear themselves out. And the, but they don't. Trust me. They don't. <laughs> Actually, no. It's. I mean, I, I made that up because I don't have children because uh, I'm living, yeah, we the, good, know. I'm living we the good life, We know about your free baby. bachelor life. But uh, <laughs> Where you're just my, my married bachelor life. Gosh, um, you're such a married bachelor. No, it's more like my cat when like they jump up and they just want to need, they're like needing at you. And it's just like, if I remain perfectly still, eventually they'll stop. But any movement is going to encourage this. That's more what it's like. <laughs> okay, so the thing about him is he always thinks that he's, he, he has a really big idea of like how good of a criminal he is. And he has these enormous, complicated endeavors for, uh, you know, robbing banks and stealing stuff um and they're just idiotic just the absolute most foolish idiotic plans but the thing is they always it always kind of works out for him you know like it always Mm. works out for for uh ollie fortune that's his name and uh but uh but it kind of just seems like dumb luck is on his side so for example he goes to a bank and his idea he's got this idea in his head he went on amazon and he ordered you know how you can just go order like for 20 bucks like five thousand ladybugs on amazon oh yeah no i do that 
I mean, well, every it, two weeks. Yeah, it's like a notorious thing that you can order on Amazon. Um, just live ladybugs, and he's just like he has this vision in his head. That he's gonna walk into a bank lobby, unleash the ladybugs while screaming, "Unleash the ladybugs!" And uh, and now, like now earlier you said he had bad plans, and I'm actually not clear how that connects to what you're saying now. And I mean, in like his head, he just rob a bank. He just envisions like tornadoes of ladybugs ripping through the bank and people are screaming it's chaos and when he does right. this you know he can just waltz into the vault take what he needs you know and everyone's mm-hmm. going to be screaming and mm-hmm. attacked by ladybugs and now so, he he also does have queued up on a jukebox um uh could have been a lady you know that, uh-huh. that track like could have no. been all right could have been here tonight could have been sweet as wine could have been a lady might be shoulda but that that one you know what i'm talking about both some both sound bad to me dave um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. In reality, what happens, shows up at the bank, he gets up to the bank teller, he's like sweaty, he's fumbling with his like, you know, his flannel sack of ladybugs. There's like ladybugs spilling out all over the place, and he's just like, unleash... Hang on, I just need to write down fumbling with his flannel sack of yeah. ladybugs unleash as the... a, a quote for the show. Okay. Please, please let me get through this. He, uh, he's just like... Uh, yeah, unleash the ladybugs. Uh, and he just takes the, the the sack and, like, wings it. I hit my mic. Let me take that again. He just wings it towards the teller. And instead of, like, ladybugs just, you know, like, exploding into, like, a cloud to fills the bank, you know, about, like, 400 ladybugs in just one big clump just go, like, thwack <laughs> and spray all over the counter and just start crawling everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, like, the, uh, the, the teller is, like, grossed out a little bit and is just like, hey, what the hell, man? You gotta clean yeah. that up. You know, no one's running around, no one's screaming, nothing's happening. It's, you know, it's looking bad. And he, you know, he reverts to like, all right, all right I've got a gun, please give me your money. Uh, Just then, the colossal chick man bursts through the door, Ooh. right? Here to save the day. I mean, what's Ollie Fortune going to do against the colossal chick man? You know what? Ladybugs? That's colossal chick man's one weakness. He starts pecking away. Ooh, he can't get enough of these. Turns out ladybugs were the perfect thing to bring to this heist, because colossal chick man is gobbling up ladybugs so fast and furious. And he came hungry. He yeah, came hungry. Let's that, not forget that uh, that Ollie Fortune's able to, you know, grab. I mean, he gets you know three hundred bucks from the drawer. It's not it's not a great heist, but he gets off Scott clean another time. Scott clean. Shut up. Shut it. I don't want to hear. It. I already can look. Oh, so is that Mr. Miracle too? Is that the sequel to Mr. Miracle? <laughs> um. Okay. He uh, he's like. The thing is, in his head, he doesn't have this idea like, oh, well, that was a disaster. Clearly throwing bugs at a person is not going to, you know, work. Like, you would think, like, all right, let me evaluate what happened. No, he's just like, haha, what a great success. Next time, I'll use something even more gross. He decides to bring mealworms to a, to a museum. He does the same thing to try to, like, freak out the guard. And, uh, and the guard, like, this time, pulls out a gun. And, you know, he's got his gun on him. Because he just threw mealworms all over the floor. Nothing, nothing is he happened. Point- is he pointing it at Ollie or the worms? At Ollie. I mean, Ollie, Ollie's okay. busted here, right? Like, he's being detained by the security guards. Security guards are all over the place. Guess what happens? Well, he did, he did break into a security guard training facility. No, he's right? at the, he's he at the art that museum the trying to steal... Pright, it, it's in a natural history museum with these, like, priceless works of art. But guess what? Same time, Gravian, she's at the other wing of the bank trying to steal some dead, like... Nice uh, wing pun. Oh, that is pretty good. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know I mean that. Yeah, yeah. Gravian's in the other wing of the bank, the bank, the museum, trying to steal some like prehistoric bird uh, fossils because she wants to, you know, mm-hmm. resurrect some birds, like she does some like macro uh, macro fauna, some like. And ancient... have we talked before that about her assistant, um, uh, the Owl Man? 
you're just burning burning cast here. I mean, you gotta you gotta save that for an actual. You're right. You're right. No, it's just yeah. like she always takes her fossils to one particular individual, Doctor Owlman. Um, but you're right. Let's say that for another time. I don't. I don't get the joke. But the thing is, she's over there trying to steal bird fossils. Her birds, they're not behaving. They fl- fly over to the art side of the museum. They start pecking at all the mealworms. There's a flurry of dead birds flying everywhere. Gravian's birds. She gets arrested because she doesn't have her birds. They're too distracted by the mealworms. Ollie Fortune, in the meantime, in the chaos, gets away with the priceless works of art. He's an idiot, but his plans always work out. And that's Ollie okay. Fortune. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Bad plan criminal who always gets away. And no explanation for uh, for that. I love it. All right. Cool. Okay. I have another new uh, My Marvelous Year entry as well. Uh, This is for Slevin. Yes. Mm -hmm. You and Um, Slevin. And this is not something we've talked about, but they he is not entirely dissimilar from Molly Fortune. I, I can see the two of these characters coming together. Um, at a future date. So when Slevin was about 14 years old, he realized that he was sitting in class and he, you know, wanted something to happen and uh, he would get lucky and it would happen, right? So he'd be like, I forgot the answers to this quiz. But then like every few minutes, all of a sudden he would just have a surge of like he had the answers for as many, like it felt like, I don't know, 15, 20 questions in a row, you know, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, you know, like all of a sudden he would just forget again. But then like just cyclically, this would be coming back to him. And as he's going through his life, these experiences keep happening where like in certain moments, he would just feel like he could do anything. Um, he, you know, tried out for sports teams and he would be like, he did not practice. He did not care to. Um, but then all of a sudden it'd be like, he just like, if you fed him the rock for, you know, a, a stretch of time, he could not miss, you know, things like that. Um, so he's going through life and he can't quite figure it out. And then finally, when he reaches his early 20s, um, he starts figuring out like how, and he's kind of, you know, he's, he's a dropout. He's not really getting anything done. Um, he doesn't really have anywhere to go. He's, you know, he's living with mom and dad, not a, an uncommon story here. Um, and he's, he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. And he's kind of like, this system is, is messed up. It's broken. I, I don't want to participate in this. I want to do something else. And he's trying to figure out how did I get so lucky during these particular, you know, moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And he starts testing things, right? So first off, he starts out just like throwing darts, right? And he's he's trying and he's throwing and like all of a sudden, like cyclically, he's throwing bullseyes. And what he figures out is as he's looking at the clock, he realizes every time there's certain sequences of numbers in a row, mm-hmm. he can hit a bullseye every time. But it'll only be when those numbers are aligned. This is like and then this is giving me real big, like, three-body problem vibes. Three-body? Is, is that a book? Something? <laughs> what is that? Man, literally know that you have... You... <laughs> all right. Go on. <laughs> no, it's not It's not like three-body at all, uh, which I have read as part of my Marvelous <laughs> Year book club, which yeah. I recommend people check out. It's quite fun. Um, yes, we do a book club on top of our comics reading club. <laughs> That's how literary yeah, we are. It's a book club. It's yeah. a meta book club. Yeah. Um, so it, he figures out like at certain, at certain time intervals, he can do almost anything, but it's, again, it only lasts for like a minute. So he has to plan out his heists or in particular, he decides the first thing he wants to do is he wants to gamble. Um, so he goes to a casino and is exactly this, right? He's like, if I get up to the table and roll the dice at the right moment, I'll hit it. I'll get it every time. Um, so he's, you know, so he's trying to maximize this and he's, and he's doing pretty well. He's making a lot of money and, uh, he's, he's now running a casino in his late thirties. 
He's got all the odds figured out. He's basically used the success to get himself in a position where he's kind of like running um, these you know low-level criminal enterprises, small-scale kingpin kind of thing. Um, but he's also able to get in situations like the World Series of Poker and trying to win these big pots and things like that, right? Um, but again, it's it's not. And it's not a perfect art. Like he's still, it's got to be at the right moment for these things to happen. So he has to have, he has to be pulling levers oftentimes illegally to get these things to happen. So he can be basically anything he wants to happen at certain intervals of time can happen. But the other quirk to this is the numbers change every day. Mm -hmm. They're never consistent. So he wakes up in the day and he has to spend about an hour figuring out what's the correct sequence of numbers that is going to give me my luck today. Because if he doesn't figure that out, he can't interact with any of his Something teams. about this is so familiar. I don't know. Are you pulling this, like, are you inspired by something here? I'm inspired by my wife, oh, my shut, children. Shut up. I'm inspired by... Forget it. Forget it. Uh, nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just... And, uh, uh, people listening, he just crossed himself and looked at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the other piece I haven't mentioned so far is that uh, he is an Eskimo. And his uh, villainous uh, leader name is Sequence the Eskimo. I don't get it. Do it again. There's a there there's a Bob Dylan song called Quinn the Eskimo. Uh huh. See Quinn yep. Quince the Eskimo. Yep. God, just like I mean. I mean, we that's we, I, our that's listener, pretty good. Is oh, what I mean, trying to say. Yeah, I think you're just uh, you know, like <laughs> God, I can't even. I don't even know how to take it. There's just such like. The Venn diagram of people who listen to this show, and not even, I mean, the Venn diagram of human beings, period, who would be like, oh, hell yeah, that pun landed good for me, <laughs> uh, who are listening to this right now. Not because it's even a bad pun, just because it's just like, yeah, I made a joke about, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's the father. It's a pun that you have to know that this man was the father of neuroscience back in the 1850s and uh, and also, like, specifically understand the, uh, the the type of illustrations he made and their uh, their context throughout uh I've always said, I've always said, oh my God. if I can make one person laugh, and if that person can be me, I'll be happy. <laughs> and I don't care if they're laughing, like, at my jokes or just at my face or... <laughs> Okay. All right. No, I love it. It's it's great. It's it's a, that was so welcome great. to the universe, Slevin. We're happy to have you. <laughs> I mean, I I do love the character idea. The character idea is very great. Just that. Oh boy. Okay. Hey, Zach here. Later. Um, after a little bit of discussion with our community and each other, we decided to change the name of this character, um, to Sequence Jones. I think that's a better name for this, and is not uh quite such a loaded term. And uh, we apologize for letting that one make it into the episode. Thanks. Whew, gotta shake that off. All right, so uh, I got a little update here for Kurt. This is the Reflector. Um, and as oh, we no. have recently realized about the Reflector's powers, they go a little beyond uh, just reflecting people's emotions back at them, right? Like, he doesn't just take people's emotions and reflect, like, kind of distilled versions back at them, which is what he was kind of kind of doing for a while it kind of seems like he can reflect back into the universe like almost a, a literalized version of uh, of abstract ideas or or anything really like objects ideas so i mean we we know he created uh the dm which is jose uh by literalizing his character sheets right like bring the characters to she character sheets to life like almost bringing out their their essence into real life okay 
he realized with these new powers that he might be able to, you know, make more converts than just like emotionally amplifying people. He decides his first target, because he's trying to bring people over to the side of good, maybe disable some bad guys. His first target here is going to be the backup generator, which is CJ uh -huh. in the club. He sneaks into the backup generator's compound, and the backup generator is sitting there asleep in front of the couch, TV playing, and... Uh, He's constantly asleep. Yeah, he's every, asleep. Time, every time we talk about the backup generator, he fell asleep for, during a movie. I don't know if that's... Is that true? Has that happened before? I think, that, I think oh, that's, wait, that's how Oh, that's how the popcorn kernels happened. I don't, anyway. And last time I told a story of one of the popcorn kernels, it was it was all because he fell asleep and <laughs> well, that kernel was able to is, escape. This is a coincidence. I don't remember any of this. Um, the popcorn kernels are... Uh, you know, he's got a, a, bowl, a bowl of his popcorn kernels next to him, right? He keeps nearby. Kurt sneaks in, and he uses his reflector powers on the bowl of popcorn kernels, trying to bring out their true essence. There's a big explosion. Pop, pop, pop. All of a sudden, filling the room, absolutely filling this room, where once there were about 60 little little tiny popcorn kernels in, uh, in army uniforms. Now, there are 60 full-grown men. I guess you could call them full-grown Channing Tatums in army uniforms, standing looking bewildered. <laughs> what in uh in the backup generator's living room uh -huh. and uh you know he just brought out like their true essence and then that these popcorn kernels they're big beef boys you know they're handsome sensitive yeah. beef boys in yeah. army uniforms and they're like they're looking but they at can dance other. but they can dance oh, really oh, can, they can tap oh, dance really hell well. yeah can they dance? did you yeah. i mean hail caesar anybody like channing tatum is just mm, what's that so good in that i'm not gonna explain um backup generator wakes up and all of his colonels, like, turn, salute, and then they look at each other and say, Hey, you don't need to salute this guy anymore. He's, uh... Uh-oh. He's, he's he's not the boss of us anymore. He always treated us terribly. What? Let, let's get out of here, guys. And a line of 60 Channing Tatums marches out the door, <laughs> uh, reflector, like, hiding among them, uh, yeah. stealing his power of popcorn colonels from him. And uh, who knows what's going to become of these handsome Channing Tatums out in the world. Well, and they and they have reason to be mad at the backup generator because in the past he Channing ate them, he hey. Channing ate all of them. Mm -hmm. He did, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good. I like. Hey, it's a good pun. It's a universe hey. universally understood. <laughs> hey, we did it. Good yeah. job. Um, so yeah, that's that's what's happening with the reflector. Uh, you got another one? Do you have any more? Dig it. I do. I have an update for Holy Diver. Ooh, fun. Uh, this is a character that that you created last time. Thanks for your support, Holy Diver. This is Ma Mari. Marie, thank you. Uh, so Holy Diver, uh, one day she's she's in a bar and an individual stands up and shouts that he has heard there's a Nazi U-boat off the coast with buried sunken treasure and that it's basically free game if anybody wants to go try and get it, okay? So she's a Holy Diver. She's an extremely well-equipped um, individual to go underwater to get her scuba gear and mm. to bring her bow and arrow, which if we remember, she... Um, it, it can fire a weapon underwater, correct? Right? Like, it's got properties, and it can it only, can only fire, fire underwater. underwater. It, um, it, so like... she'll be very well-equipped, yeah. But so she's trying to get out of the bar. She's caught in the middle. And, I, you know, her mom always told her, don't talk to strangers um, growing up. But she's, you know, she's trying to gather information. She's trying to, like, you know, pick up some some hints and clues about specifically where this might th be. Because if somebody, if somebody stands up and shouts, Nazi U-boat off the coast, uh, that's actually not as specific as you need, you need necessarily yeah. yeah yeah definitely right so yeah. in in my experience so i she's trying to get some information and um so she she goes she finds the spot and she dives in and right away right away 
she realizes that this is an insanely, insanely crowded ocean, right? Every diver in the area is there. They're all going after the sunken Nazi Ooh, treasure, rival diver, right? Rival divers, Ri- rival, rival divers. divers. God, that, that's just like the rural juror. <laughs> rival divers. Well, they are rural jurors as well. That's like a lot of rural jurors. They didn't want to go to jury duty that day. They mm-hmm. all drove up from the country to the big city coast and uh, big East Coast. Bias. I mean, everybody they knows experienced the gov- a big East Coast bias when they got there. And the they government all can't. Uh, the government has no jurisdiction if you're in the water. I mean, you can't. If one thing, I mean, if there's one message. Yeah, waters, you get out waters there are free, right? To the waters are right tax now. free. It's get in the water because the cops can't touch you there. Well, and you saw that video where they're stabbing water bottles, right? kind of gross oh that is yeah oh yeah it's horrifying yeah, yeah i mean just, it's, that's that's what they're doing right, let's, they're not, let's not make it let's not make it too real too real yeah uh yeah that sucks anyway um so they're all jumping in the water and they're scuba diving for their um for this to find this historical you know submarine uh u-boat and so she she's diving down and right away she uh feels something and it's like a pierce straight through the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looks down. She can't see anything. It's invisible. Whatever it is, you know, this this thing. She feels a cold chill and is just shuddering. And she suddenly, she's kind of like, she fires her bow. And this gives off a light of enough, uh, enough light that she can see like a Cthulhu-style uh, alien tentacles reaching out of this submarine, grabbing a bunch of the scuba divers. These rural jurors, Zach, they're done for. They're mm. done for. The rural mm-hmm. jurors, like, they're going to need new jurors on all those cases in rural communities because they're gone. And she, she's freaked out, right? Mm-hmm. So she's firing her bow left and right, and she's looking around. And the, clearly in this Nazi U-boat, they were experimenting on some kind of monster. So she's firing, and it's doing enough to protect herself. But again, she's been wounded. She swims up to the top of the water. She sees actually, amazingly, up in the sky, there's a rainbow in the dark, right? You never see a rainbow at night. There's this huge rainbow up in the sky. And she yells, shame on the night for doing this to her. Oh she God. swims to Where shore. Going? And, uh, and and she gets there and realizes. <laughs> this is like, always the I'm part gonna... of the story where I'm just like, oh, boy, Here, here's the setup. Here's the setup. And what's the payoff going to be? And my body just <laughs> contracts a little bit. Just to, like ex- <laughs> expecting a body. You know, it's like, a, you know. Oh, I just I do want to point out just real quick, real quick. Uh huh. Well, I'm I, almost done. So feel free. I know. Yeah. Uh. I, I got roasted a little bit earlier because I called Tolkien token, which uh-huh. I think uh, you said. But uh, to be fair, you did just call Cthulhu. I don't even know what you said. Cth- well, I said it was like Cthulhu. 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 Okay. So I think yeah. uh, I think we're both. Uh, it's equal now. So no one can make fun of me anymore. Well, so mine. Gonna... My. Well, you're thinking of Cthulhu, expecting that to be what it's like. Oh, and mine you're is thinking of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. It's a very cheesy Cthulhu, Cthulhu monster. It's Chathulu. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's mostly made of cheese. I mean, so it's a little less frightening, but okay. it's a lot tastier. So shame on the night. Yeah. It's Lovecraft with a K. It's Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're not. I don't think I. Heard, I didn't hear you laugh in the earpiece. So I'm oh, sure you're still there. oh, that's pretty good. I uh, I didn't get that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you actually paused and waited for the laugh there because that that was good. <laughs> Lovecraftian. Pause and wait for the laugh. The story of this podcast. Yeah. So anywho. Uh, Mary is waiting on the sideline, and she's thinking, this is my quest now. This is what I have to do. I have to get down there and get that Lovecraftian with a K beast out of that sub. I have to take it out with my bow and arrow, and I've got to find what's in there because if they're experimenting on monsters, clearly this is not your average U-boat buried off the coast of, of a big East Coast bias city. Um, this is this is something else. So that is the new quest for the Holy Diver. 
Oh, no pun to to land the land the ending. Well, one thing I will say because you know for a long time I didn't like to uh, I didn't like to point out what I was doing mm-hmm. to you. You know, I, I like to I like to let the people figure it out. But because we have a live audience, um, I, I will as we're wrapping it up. I'll see if anybody can guess what I did there. And uh, if anybody does, I'll say it. And if they don't, uh, I'll still say it as a as a reveal oh, for the for the live viewers. You know what? Uh, when I'm editing the episodes, I will say eighty percent of these jokes. I'm like, oh, hey, there's the joke. I get it now. And it's just like, I'm just too jazzed in the moment. You know, I'm too excited just to be talking to my pal Dave to like listen to his words. I'm just That's more excited nice. to like hear the tone of his voice and uh, be looking at his handsome hats. <laughs> Uh, so. I'm no, but it, it is gen- hats, it is yeah. that happens quite a bit where like I listen to the episode and I'm like oh hey Dave good joke nice one yeah, <laughs> like I had no idea uh, I completely you. missed something so um okay so, yeah right exactly so Charlotte you pointed out to? Uh, when I was <laughs> confused by what KOS me. meant I had no idea there was another one that was like I don't know some Saints joke it had to do with like the uh, the New Orleans Saints. Is that the football? I team? figure any there was a Greg Popovich joke that went way over your head. Anything sports oh, yeah. related? Yeah, yeah, the sport, the sports stuff. Just like, for me, you got to get just for time. me and the crew. Um, so yeah, this is my marvelous year. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find uh, ways to support us over on patreoncom slash year. You can mm-hmm. find my work at comicbookherald.com. You can find me pretty much anywhere online at comicbookherald. You can find Zach tweeting. Uh, uh, online at my marvelous year mm-hmm. and again proceeds for the patreon this month will be going to uh, some community bond charitable organizations so thanks to everybody who contributes to that i think there is still time if you want to show uh, a donation you can send that to to get in on a recording with zach you can send that to I'm gonna, at my marvelous year i'm just gonna let or, that go until i feel overwhelmed by it uh so at this point i'm not but like, that's a good that's a good strategy yeah, i'm just yeah. gonna let it go until like enough people pile up that i'm like okay that's that's starting to my my heart my heart rate's increasing a little bit looking at how many people <laughs> signed up for this so um mm-hmm. yeah yeah basically you know i'll host you on your own mini episode of my marvelous year pick uh four to six issues well they'll and- they'll host you they'll host huh? you and you'll be their guest yes yes it will be like my marvelous year with uh kyle and uh special guest zach yes yes yeah. exactly um 1985 let me just say starts off pretty contentious and i won't say why but we read some doctor strange some thor walt simonson's thor and mm. some avengers iron man and ooh there's actually heated. yeah i think maybe i was just um i was just relaxed that episode but looking back there's some of the maybe strongest wild opinions in there you know what in retrospect I, again here's the thing about me dave you might not know i'm incredibly brave and honest um because, <laughs> because <laughs> You know what? I put through these opinions and I really was worried. I was like, ah, man, like I'm just going to I'm just going to have to eat a lot of crap for this one. And uh, it didn't turn out yeah. the way. I think more people have been like, what do you yeah, mean it didn't of... turn out that way? It hasn't come out yet. Uh, well, we talked about it in the Slack and like more people have been like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I agree. Then uh, the not. So, um, I mean, the, the you, opinions you are say very... these things, but usually it's like one person that you message yeah, and you're like, hey, am I crazy? And they're like, what? No, why? Why is this crazy person? No, you're fine. You're fine, yeah. um, right? And uh, and then we're gonna read one of my least favorite comics that we've ever read for the show, 1985, and one of my favorite, the like cap off to one of my favorite runs. So it's uh, exciting. And Secret Wars Two was in 1985. So we haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna read in our that. own uh, sesh. So, yeah. Gonna, so thanks everybody for listening. I will say just as a 
Um, should I say it after the? I, I should probably say it for the listeners, right? Or should I save it for a live viewer exclusive? Oh, I don't know. It's what not that. Do, it's not that you, cool. What are you talking about? Um, okay, so the the thing that I was talking about in my uh, Holy Diver oh, yes, character please. update yeah. is throughout that I integrated the song titles of Dio's Holy Diver uh, into the story. Oh, that's cool. I don't know that song even a little bit except Holy Diver. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. I was listening to that while I uh, uh, well, wrote down I'll have the to ideas. Go, I'll have to go listen to that again because that sounds very. Imp- I mean, th- there are some of those ideas. You, I mean, one of my favorite ideas I've had on this is the Moore McGill being the uh, the parent of every half human superhero in DC and Marvel. That was your most complicated, uh, and and it completely saying. didn't land at all. But I really like that idea, and I'm like proud of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I that's like I'm proud of you, Dave. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. I thought the rainbow in the dark would be the the giveaway. I literally, I um, mean, it, it could have been anything. I just, I don't know the lyrics to that song. So, yeah, uh, no, like yeah. it, it's kind of for cool uh, metal listeners, I guess. I love that. Like your your two things this year were like to get this. Here's two songs. You got to know them. <laughs> <laughs> if not, out of luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. No, that's kind of my stance. So, uh, thanks yeah, everybody thank for, you listening. for listening. Uh, we appreciate everybody for joining us live. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much. Um, and uh, anything else we need to tease, Zach? Nope. Nope. That's it. Oh, uh, okay. music is provided by Disasterpiece. That's D-I-S-A-S-T-E-R-P-I-E-C-E. I don't know. I don't know why I spelled that. Did you know you spelled it wrong? Uh, did I spell it wrong? No, I spelled it yeah. the right way. No, you just did piece like a, like a piece of pie. Or yeah, like, is it? Oh, God it's damn it. It is. No, you're right. Well, the goofball. I, I was thinking of the Slipknot song. There's a, there's a Slipknot <laughs> song spelled the other way. <laughs> Great. Cool. Yeah. Well, now we have to get Slipknot as a sponsor. So yep. uh, thanks to Slipknot, I guess. And uh, we'll see you next year. See you next year. Uh-huh.